Join us on the Christian Men Unscripted Podcast, where each week we will talk about faith and family and anything and everything in between. We will talk as Christian men living in a world that has seemed to push God further and further away. Okay, I like this quiet, setup, how tight it is. <laughs> All right, welcome to the podcast. I am your host, Alan Underwood. I am a retired Metro Police officer. I have uh, two children. One's 20, one's 15. They're both pains in the butt, but they're good. Um, I'm here with my co-host, John Harney and Seth Lazan. John? Uh, Alan, thank you. And also, Alan has been a coach, coach for kids. He's invested in a lot of kids, invested in kids in church and school. And um, yeah, my name is John Harney. I, uh, same retired Metro cop in Las Vegas, worked homicide, worked narcotics, a lot of that kind of stuff. My Unfortunately, my family paid for a lot of the negative things I had to deal with. Um, but more importantly, I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And I very genuinely want to have my belief be lived out in my life. And uh, I want my kids to see the same person that my friends do. I want the people in my church to see the same person that my friends do. Uh, you know, outside that I hang out with my secular friends, I want them to see that I've got light. And so um, I also have two kids. Yeah. And I'm Seth. I was a pastor for 10 years. Um, and I have two kids, a boy and a girl. I'm excited for what God is doing in my life and how I can learn from these seasoned veterans. All right. So we have our first guest, which is great because this is really what I wanted to do with the podcast is have people on here, men of God. Um, our first guest is Arnaldo, Arnaldo Concepcion. Did I say it right? Yes, you did. All right. He's it. a pastor. He's a teacher, but most of all, he's a husband and a father and a man of God. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Arnaldo Concepcion, born in the Philippines, but look Hawaiian. <laughs> I have four wonderful children. One's 26. He's serving the U.S. Space Force and a 22-year-old oh, wow. serving youth ministry in Sacramento and twins, beautiful twin girls, yes. 13, 13 years old. Loves music, loves the Lord, and as beautiful as their mother, their mother Laura, married for almost, it'll be 19 years this October. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yep, yeah, congratulations. Awesome. Especially when we get into um, a book you wrote. You wrote a book called Rocky and Life Transformed, and I read it. Well, yeah. I just met you what, like, that was a three weeks ago, right? We just met three weeks ago, right? So um, we're going to get into the book, but mainly I just want to get into um, what you're doing now. What You know what drew, what drew me to you when I met you? My looks. Nope. Oh, no, it was your shoes. <laughs> you were wearing Jordans and I love your Jordans. That is a true story with Alan right there. I was like, oh, this guy, this guy's a good dude. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not a sneakerhead per se, but I, you are, I, I, I'm pretty sure. Cause I, I don't wear my shoes. Like the kids wear them. I just like Jordans. Cause I grew up with Jordans oh, and yeah, I know you yeah, did too. Yeah. So you like people because of their shoes. That's how I judge people. I get my <laughs> shoes from Costco. You wear Skechers orthotics. I know you do. I <laughs> and John wears Vans. <laughs> or do, hey dude, I saw you. Some, I hey, yeah, yeah, but it's mostly event. I'm old school skater too back in the day, you know, yeah. did all that kind of there stuff. You go. Yeah. Were you the first skater? <laughs> but so you wrote this book, which I read. I loved. I actually, I don't read a lot. I read the Bible and that's it. Mm -hmm. And I don't read a that's lot. That's why I made it short. Yeah. So let's get into the book. Let's get into your life, really. Um, the first thing is you grew up in a Catholic home. Yes. Yep. And it's go ahead and just start from the beginning a little bit. What happened, how it started. And as you go, I'll jump in here. Yeah, the book kind of starts on in August 9th, 2006, where I stepped outside that one foggy evening outside of San Francisco. Daily City is next door to San Francisco, kind of like Boulder City is next to Henderson or Las Vegas. Very foggy, and I was ready to end my life right there. But it's like, how did I get there, right? right. And from 
August 9, 2006, how did I get there? It all, it all really started from the time where, you know, I was born in the Philippines in 1977. My parents nicknamed me Rocky. That's why the book's called Rocky because, because the movie Rocky came out in 1976 in the Philippines and it was a big hit. So that was kind of like my nickname. I grew up just like love boxing and mm -hmm. my uncles will put me in front of at, at three or four years old, will put me in front of six, eight years old. And really they just wanted to see, you know, kids get beat up. I, I don't think they were really teaching us. Right. <laughs> it was like, Oh, this is fun. Let me just see. Let me, yeah. But then, so I got used to getting beat up. Yeah. And we were fortunate enough that my dad worked as a computer program for Philippine airlines. And so in 1982, I was five years old, was able to, get to the United States, which is every father's dream to take, mm -hmm. you know, their whole family from a third world country to, to have a, a better life. You know, for me, it wasn't really a better life at first because I was five years old and didn't speak English and everything was new. My older siblings are six of us total. They, they knew English because Philippines, they, they teach mandatory English. And so they, they, they transitioned well when I, when I didn't. So my first experience at school was really being bullied. And so all my life, I hated bullies. And and when I got here, I figured like, oh, look, these bullies don't even know how to fight. And I knew how to fight already at five years old. Yeah. And then, and so I found my identity in elementary, just fighting. And I moved like a couple of times. I had three, went to three different school. And so every time I went to a new school, I had to re reintroduce my identity, which is the guy who beats up the bully because I had a little brother that was, that had some kind of special needs. And so he would get picked on. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of my identity until I got to middle school where I started, you know, playing sports. My favorite is, is football. I played quarterback in high school, things like that. And so, because if you play sports, you can't get in trouble. So I kind of stayed away from fighting. I fell in love with sports, but you know, Daddy city in the mid eighties and early nineties, I think it's because of that movie colors in LA <laughs> and so the bloods and Crips. And so when you have teenage kids, mocking a movie called colors you know mm -hmm. it has to do with right. la gangs it went it got to daily city where filipinos were bloods and crips and so if you're a filipino you're in trouble if you wear blue the red will get you if you are red you know if you're if you're the opposite they'll get you but because daily city was my high school was 50 percent filipinos and so they they ruled like no east la mexicans and those compton black Daily C Filipinos. Right. Mm -hmm. And so since they ruled that city, they would they would rival against the black Samoans, Chinese, Vietnamese, all that, and then they would shoot them up and kill them. And so if you're a Filipino, you were the you were that bad, bad person there. I mean, I got thrown in the back of police car and got beat, you know, right. and just because I'm because of my color and my skin. And so in the middle of seventh grade, sorry, summer of seventh grade going to eighth grade, I got jumped by you know, five black dudes and a Samoan dude, just because I didn't give them any money at 7-Eleven. And that's the first time I felt like I was gonna die. I mean, they were kicking me, throwing me, and and I end up in the middle of the street, almost like half dead. Kind of like when Paul got beat up and he was like half dead, I, that's how I felt. And so I had this, you know, I really, at that time, I, I started hating my own my own people because, because I'm Filipino, because of what they're doing, you know, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting the, I'm getting that back on, on me. And so even though I tried to stay out of trouble for some reason, I, I kept on getting in trouble. Right. You right. know, like you said, you mentioned, I grew up Catholic. I grew up believing like there is a God, but at that point in my life, I think I started hating God because mm -hmm. how can 
this good guy that I'm learning at church be a good God if I'm, I'm going through all these stuff, right? And so through high school, you know, survive high school because of sports and, you know, got in trouble here and there. But really, I, I tried to stay out of trouble. But my junior year in high school where I stayed away from sports because I, I wanted to go after the girls. And so I'm here going after the girls at, at a park and there's a party and these three huge Samoans just, okay, guys, if you're Samoan and you're not big, I'm not saying all Samoans are big, but most of y'all are big, okay? <laughs> most of y'all, these ones were big, right? And then in front of all my friends, I get jumped. No one helped. I didn't expect mm -hmm. them to help because they would be dumb to try to help. But now, you know, the stigma of just being a color of my skin, I, I would get into trouble. And there's times where... I got a gunpoint in my stomach because they thought I'm this, I was this other Filipino guy mm. or shotgun pulled in my face because just because they thought I'm this uh, another Filipino guy, I guess we all look alike in the city. Right. <laughs> but you know, after I graduated high school, I had no desire to go to college. I, I knew how to make money since I was little. That's how I was able to afford my Jordans back, right. you know, seven, eight grade paper route, recycling, whatever <laughs> I did, I, I knew how to make money. And so I'll say, I'll go to college later on. But a year later, I had my first son, Darren, which is 26 years old right now. And I thought, okay, Arnaldo, you need to stop. Because by this time, to earn extra money on the side, I was stealing cars. You know, I mm -hmm. was doing this and doing that, selling weed and stuff. And so when I had my first son, I was like, man, you got to change, Arnaldo. Real quick, I don't mean to interrupt you, but how did you go from, you know, your family moved here? Was it? the culture that you were in, the neighborhood you were in, where you just not playing sports, going after the girl, you're just around the culture of stealing cars and doing things. Cause I, my story is kind of the same. I just, my parents, they did their best, but they didn't follow what I was doing. So I kind of just fell into that get in trouble type mentality where it's fun. No, no, that's great to read, right? Read direct, you know, my father worked really, really hard to get us here, but I think I was having a conversation with you. Sometimes I felt like when I talk to certain kids, I feel like this is not true or just this is like my feelings. Like, I feel like sometimes I felt like I'd rather not have a dad than a passive dad. Right. You know, cause we he was just, he that. just, he just worked. And because like you could get over when your dad's not there. Okay. My dad's never going to come back, but my dad is here, but. I can only remember three memories with my dad because he was, he was so busy. He wasn't mm -hmm. really that, that kind of active dad. Right. And so I think that they played a, not, I think it did play a big part in my life, but I did have an older brother that was like, I grew up like my dad because he taught mm -hmm. me how to ride a bike, taught me how to play sports. So I had that. But yeah, we went to church every Sunday. Then after mm -hmm. church, we would go to the racetrack because my parents loved to gamble and stuff. Uh, but because I didn't have that father's supervision, that's why, you know, I got, I got into trouble a lot. Did that, that answer? That's how I was. My mom, my parents got divorced and I lived with my mom. She was a passive mom. Great mom. She did what she could, but I just got in trouble because nobody corrected me. Yeah. What's crazy is Daily City is like Anthem here in, in here in Henderson. Right. I'm, I'm not talking about East LA or Compton. It right. was a suburbs. Yeah. Suburbs. And all this was happening in the suburbs. These gangsters had money. So that, right. that was, that was like, so the, fake the scary part about but still, it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Still, yeah. And so going back to, I got to change. I have to change. I have a son now. I can't, I have to stop doing the things that, um, you know, I was doing. And so my son was 10 months old and that's the first time I tried to commit suicide. I dropped some pills 
I didn't know if it was going to kill me or not, but it's something that I just felt like I just had to, I wanted to end my life. And a couple of my friends saw me knocked out on the, in the kitchen floor. And that's, that's, that's like that common grace of God, you know, mm -hmm. bombing the floor. And, and from there on, you know, I, I could go into depression and just, just give up. But instead, you know, I fought, I fought through it, started a business, had a clothing line, right. a clothing line. And then I got into bowling a lot more. It was just a hobby, but bowling became like a livelihood, start winning thousands of dollars over the weekend. So you're making money on bowling. Yeah. And then I took, That's that, funny. Yeah, I took that money and flipped it to a business. And then my business was doing well the first six months um, because I knew some people in the, on, on the radio. Mm -hmm. The reason why I know the people on the radio, because remember back in the day, Jordan's we, the Jordans would be out on the store, yeah, yeah, the but it wasn't line. released yet. Right. They, they would come out two right. weeks early. I worked at a shoe store. And so I would, if it's not about having Jordans, it's about having Jordans early. And and so because I was able to give hook up these guys in the radio station, they were able to plug my, this is before social media, right. guys. So, yeah. so radio was the thing, right? And so I was able to give them Jordans early and then they would be able to plug my clothing line. So, I, so then I flipped that money, I started, buying more weed, buying ecstasy. Ecstasy was, was hot at the time, early mm -hmm. 2000. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and then because I had, a, so you're diving deeper into narcotics just, and drugs just keep, and make, make more money, make, make money. money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Make money. And then I, I was, I was addicted to gambling ever since I was in high school. Mm -hmm. And so I would bet on football games and things like that. And this before I was even introduced to Las Vegas. I got introduced to Las Vegas because of bowling. Right. We got a lot of bowling tournaments are here. And then it went from winning tournaments to just not only hit the craps table, roulette and bet on sports. And so because because of that, those things, destructive kind of lifestyle, I ended up losing all of my money. <laughs> and then and then I had my second son, Nathaniel, in two thousand one. Same, Again, same, same, yeah, same, same girlfriend, Renee. And eight months later, right after I was like, okay, I got two kids now. I got, I got, again, I'm saying I got to change. I got to change. I got to change. Eight months since when he turned eight months, I, I got a HK 45, you know, HK 45. Mm -hmm. yep. They, you guys are police officers, right? They, <laughs> they, don't, they, malfunction. they, don't, they don't malfunction. No, nope. I put that to my head because I found out that she was cheating on me again with the same dude. And then it gets jammed, I pull the trigger and it gets jammed. Right. I said, okay. Um, at that time, you know, I was hating God, but okay, God, are you, are you trying to, yeah. are you there? Are you trying to give me an, another chance? Right? right. And so fast forward, you know, my relationship with her had to end because she just, just kept on cheating on me with the same dude. And then that's when, you know, an angel fell from heaven which is my wife now, Laura, and said, so, okay, I, I got a second chance now. I got, I got, I got Laura as my new girlfriend and then my two boys. I, I got to change. I got to change. Right. And then because of my anger towards my ex, every time I would find out that she would take my kids out, my boys out with him, with the other guy, I would try to commit suicide. This time I would like pop all kinds of pills, muscle relaxers, just hopefully I would just sleep and not wake up, you know? And then that didn't kill me. So all, all, all the things that I was selling, the weed, the ecstasy, the meth, and say, you know what, I'm gonna start using this stuff, you know? So I actually was a, a guy addicted to meth and smoking. It was like recreational at first, right. and eventually a smoking six times, six times a day. And I, I like, I'm gonna, 
I'm just going to do this the rest of my life until I die. Right. And in fact, you know, when I was 25, I told everyone, I'm not going to see the age of 30, not, mm -hmm. you know? And so fast forward and I would verbally abuse my wife. Never, I would learn not, never touch, not touch a female. So I never, I never did that. Praise God for that. Right. Um, but I would verbally abuse my wife every time I get angry, mm -hmm. but she would just be patient. Like in the book, she wrote chapter 10 and I didn't know she was praying for me in the bathroom crying. Mm -hmm. And she grew up in a Christian home or a Catholic? She grew up in a seven-day Adventist home. Okay, but okay. she in the book, she's like not practicing. She's just... No, but she, she knows the she Lord. She knows Jesus but, is Lord, right? right? Um, right. In the seven-day so Adventist. For you. Yeah, they, they have some dietary laws that we probably don't like because I love lobster and shrimp, right? <laughs> right, right. You know, so I'm not going to be seven-day Adventist. <laughs> but so she knew, she knew of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But that was about it. Right. Kind of like she's praying when I was Catholic, you. I knew of Jesus, but I didn't have a personal relationship. Correct. But she was praying. And right. that's what her mom taught her to do when everything goes bad. Yeah. You you pray. And so, she, and then going back to August 9th, 2006, she said, I'm tired. And I knew what that meant. Mm -hmm. She was going to leave me. Yeah. And so I went outside one foggy night in Delhi City, August 9th, 2006, ready to end my life. Try another attempt, but I was hoping this would work this time. When's your birthday? March 24, 1977. So August 9th. Okay. August 9th, about seven months before, before my, my 30th, 30th birthday. birthday. Yeah, because yeah. I said I was going to die right. before my 30th birthday. I went, I went outside. I said, okay, I've been trying to change. You know, my first son born, second son born, new girlfriend, new wife. I, I got to change, got to change. I said, this time I said, God, if you're there, please change me. I don't want to hurt myself or anyone anymore. Please change me. Now, as soon as I said that, I didn't know what happened, but I felt this peace run through my body like I never felt before. And I felt like God told me in my heart. I didn't hear a verbal voice, but I felt like he told me in my heart, Arnaldo, I've always been here. As long as you put me first, you'll be okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what that meant. But I ran upstairs like 15 minutes later, remember, I was just verbally abusing my wife, mm -hmm. punching holes in the wall. You know, I don't know why. I don't I think all Asian people got samurai swords, right? <laughs> I was just stabbing the ceiling with my samurai sword. I was just finished doing that. I went in the house, in our bedroom, and my wife looks at my eyes and she says she saw a different person. Mm -hmm. Like my eyes had peace, my my everything, right? Now I, I didn't know what to do next, but to put this, this, this God first, but I was like, which God, right? I, was it the Catholic God, the Buddha God, the Muslim God, the seven day Adventist God, you know, right. the Jehovah witness God. I, I didn't know at that time I went from hating God, not believing in God. There's no God. Now I'm supposed to put this God first, like right. which, which one. So naturally I, w I went back to the Catholic church, you know, trying to learn about if that's the God I'm supposed to, but as I was going to church, I was studying Mormonism, Jehovah Witness, all these other religions, Scientology, even Scientology, New Age. And it's like every book that had the word God in it, I wanted to read. I'm supposed to put God first. And so, but crazy that in the next eight days after that August 9th, all of a sudden, you know, growing up, you, know, you, you guys are police officers, you heard a lot of cussing, right? Mm -hmm. I used to cuss every other word. I couldn't say a cuss word. Mm -hmm. I stopped cussing, I stopped smoking, I stopped drinking, and my rage of anger just, just went away, right? And the eight days later after I cried out to God, 
I was still smoking meth. I had no intention of stopping to do this. Right. You know, sometimes I'll be like, oh, I'm not going to go to church until I'm all cleaned up. Mm-hmm. No, you go, you go to church and God will clean you up. Yep. And I, so I was like, it's like, I'm not going to stop smoking or drinking, doing that. I'm just going to keep doing, I'm just going to put God first. That's all I was supposed to do. I smoked two weeks worth of meth and didn't even get high. Hmm. So I was like, God, are you telling me I don't need this anymore? Like the alcohol, the cigarettes that I was doing this whole week. That's the last time I smoked meth. Wow. Had no, no desire to, to go back to it. And so no, no rehab, no nothing. And I get it's it. Crazy. Some people have to go to rehab. That's their path. But there's a path that God gave for me. It was all gone. So fast forward, going to Catholic church, studying all this religion, someone does to. Let me, but, I don't mean to cut you off again, no, you get, but what I read in the book is your wife didn't know you were doing meth. Is that correct? No, nah, no. Nah. Which she, is she, crazy because as police officers, we can tell when people are doing meth. Yeah. So I would forcefully, if, if I knew I was up too long, I would right. sm- smoke weed, drink a bottle of Hennessy uh, and a 40 just to fall asleep because yeah. I knew I had to eat. The weed helped me eat. So that would that kind of hit it a little bit, but she she was never in that lifestyle before. Sure, she so she was kind of naive about like. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there was one time I, I did get arrested because i was i wasn't gonna end my life so i ended up going to 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 you know about to hold me for 5150 but they test you right when you get there mm-hmm. they, they found meth in my system mm-hmm. and so they were like does your wife know you're you're on meth he goes nope okay you you either stay here for three days or you tell your wife i'm telling my wife i'm not staying here for three days mm-hmm. right but e- e- even though after that that happened I, I I would stop for like a month or two weeks to three weeks and then, then go right back at it. Yeah. My mind was, I mean, can I go back a little bit? Yeah, Sorry. absolutely. Because this is actually important because my head was screwed up. Mm-hmm. I would wake up and my wife would look at me crazy and like, what did I do last night? I would really black out and do crazy things. One night I woke up in jail. Huh. I didn't even know how I got there. That's right? really fun. I, I start, <laughs> it's not fun waking yeah. up in jail. Like who's around me, right? And so I had to I had to ask so many people to just put together the story. They said I went to the club in San Francisco, and I started a brawl with the bouncers, right? And just because my friends were pulling me from the club, I couldn't finish the fight. I, I I'm like OCD ish. I need to finish. I need to finish, right? So I was angry at my friends for for pulling me out the club. And so I end up punching my friends, right? Mm-hmm. And then we get down about five blocks from my house because I was punching him on the freeway. He had to stop, right? And so I started going, I went into a bar, grabbed every stool there and started throwing at car windows. And then all of a sudden, the whole squad of South San Francisco police was out there and arrested me. That's what happened. So that happened a few times, actually. So you, you've, you're you pretty deep into to, uh, this drug, meth, and... And your wife is still with you, still praying for you. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. She needs to get on the podcast next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, you know, in the book, actually, mentioned. I didn't know until we got remarried at church. My brother gave his testimony. My older brother gave his testimony. Right. The first time I ever heard him say this, he goes, "Yeah, we were convincing Laura to leave you." I'm like, "What?" So right? your family didn't want. Oh her with yeah. You. Wow. I, by this time, I had no friends. My family, my kids were scared of me. Right. Man. And then you know, I cried out to God in August night, two thousand six. I went this journey trying to put this. But this God, whoever this God was first. And then, you know, like a week before my birthday, 
it, it was, I guess it was March 18, 2007, God led us to a Bible teaching church, you know, a, a church like Hope Anthem, you know, that teaches from, from the Bible. Mm-hmm. And a friend recommended, hey, you, should, you, should, you should try a Bible teaching church. I said, okay, I'll try a Bible teaching church. So I go to this church a week before my 30th birthday, and we're like, oh, this is not like, you know, the Catholic church I, I know of, right? Mm-hmm. They got some good music and the pastor is saying hi to everybody, right? And so this this place is cool. It's funny because we didn't make any decision at the time, right? But a week later ended up was the 25th, but they had a birthday party for me. So I couldn't go to church 25th. So I actually went to church on a Saturday service on the 24th, which was my 30th birthday. And prior to this, the pastor had me a Bible. Mm-hmm. And he told me to read the Gospel of John. So prior to my third birthday, Pastor handed me the Bible, told me to read the Gospel of John. I read it once over, and I'm like, "Hey, what do I do? I just read it, right? <laughs> Let's read it again." Yeah. And I get to John eight thirty two when Jesus says, "The truth will set you free." Mm-hmm. That's when I realize the God that I'm supposed to put first was Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. guy who lived a perfect life, who died on, who died and rose again on the third day. It's like, oh. Jesus is God. Like what? Right? I'm supposed to put him first. So fast forward, March 24th, 2007, on my 30th birthday, I I declared that Jesus is gonna, gonna be my Lord and Savior and gonna follow him the rest of my life. And it's crazy because you know, I, I was saying I was telling people that I was gonna die before I even hit 30. And my wife goes, you did die. You did die. Yeah. That's you, amazing. You died yourself. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know what? We're going to have to have him back because I don't know how we're doing on time. we got a couple nope. more minutes, but no. we're, we're going to, that's a perfect way to end this one. And we'll come back next week with uh, the life transformed. That's amazing. Right. You did die. I yeah. love that. I love that. that.